0: Hi, it's Lynn Galadner and welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm a writer and entrepreneur and through decades of writing articles for magazines and newspapers and authoring books, I've learned that we succeed through inspiration from storytelling and deep and mutually beneficial relationships. This show began in 2018, after my father was diagnosed with a terminal illness, and I wanted a way to capture his stories and record his insights. It's grown since then, to share stories of how people around the world make meaning from very ordinary pursuits. Now, I focus on sharing the stories of writers, authors, and those in the world of publishing, to learn how and why we create stories that help us make meaning from the mundane. I'm a former journalist and marketing entrepreneur, and I've been teaching writing for more than two decades. As a writing coach, I help authors build their brands and share their words. I've had eight books published already, and I just finished my second novel, so stay tuned for news about when and where you can read it. If you'd like to write with me, check out my offerings at lynngalodner.com, and you'll find more episodes of this podcast at makemeaning.org, as well as on every podcast platform you can think of. If you like what you hear please give us a five-star review at apple podcasts thank you for tuning in to the make meaning podcast where you'll find stories of courageous people daring to share their talent with the world now on to the show hey everyone happy new year welcome to 2023 if you've always wondered what it would be like to attend a writer's retreat this is the year to do it and lucky for you i'm adding four retreats to my calendar this year I'd love to write with you at one of them. So there are two weekend retreats here in Michigan. There's one in Nova Scotia in July, and then I'll be back on Mackinac Island in September with writingworkshops.com. If you'd like to find out more, go to lindgaladner.com and click on the retreats page. And if one of them interests you, register now because they'll fill up really quickly. I hope to write with you this year. Thanks for listening. I've known Camille Pagan for decades after we met through ASJA, the American Society of Journalists and Authors. Back then, we were both journalists, succeeding wildly as freelancers, and both based in Southeast Michigan. Camille went on to become the best-selling author of eight novels and an author coach who helps writers build successful, lucrative careers. Her novels have soared to the top of the Amazon and Washington Post charts, and she has written articles for the New York Times, the Oprah Magazine, Real Simple, Time, and other publications. She wrote her first novel at age 30 and says she writes to make meaning out of life. I have been inspired by Camille for a long time, and I am thrilled to welcome her as today's guest on the Make Meaning Podcast. It is okay. such an honor to speak to you here on the podcast, Camille, because I get to pull back the curtain and learn how you've become this successful, inspiring author and author coach who loves her life. So first of all, kudos to you, and bravo. I watch you with well, envy. Thank you. Um, Oh, thank you. You're really an inspiration. And so I want to begin by talking about how you built your fiction career. So you were a journalist for a decade before you wrote your first novel. What inspired that Mm -hmm. pivot? I
1: had always wanted to write novels from the time I realized someone was writing the books that I was reading, right?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I just didn't know anyone who made a living as a writer, period, right? Mm. So I went to college on a full-ride scholarship. My parents, on both sides, we'd never had anyone go to college before. Mm. And they meant well, but they were like, go do something useful. And my (laughs) brain said, fiction is not useful. So so I went in thinking I would pursue medicine because um, my sister had a lot of autoimmune issues. And Mm. I was in and out of the doctor with her and just kind of had a natural interest in health. Mm -hmm. And I was working as a researcher for a cardiologist. And she was like, I really think you do better writing about medicine than practicing it. Hmm. And it was great advice. So I went to work in health magazines. Mm -hmm. I worked for fitness. I worked for Lifetime as their health and psychology editor, Mm -hmm. then went on to become an independent journalist. Mm -hmm. And all the while in the back of my brain, I was like, one of these days I'm going to write a novel. Mm -hmm. Right before I turned 30, I had just given birth to my daughter and I guess while I was pregnant with her, the seed of an idea started forming in my mind. Mm-hmm. And one of my really dear friends was dying of cancer. She had oh, stage four. Gosh. It was really obvious oh. um, that it was not a great scenario. And it really, I call it a life or death moment because I had life and death kind mm-hmm. of going on.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was just a reminder that, you know, this journey that we take is not long, regardless mm-hmm. of how long you live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I better go do that. And mm-hmm. so my daughter was a newborn and I just sat down every night and started writing mm-hmm. really only in about an hour. Sometimes I had to, mm-hmm. sometimes I snuck in a little here and there. Mm-hmm. And four months later, I had a book on my hands. Oh my gosh. And yeah. And I sold that at auction, which sounds like the dream story. Uh-huh. So six figure auction, I was like, oh, my career is going to be amazing. And then <laughs> after that book came out, there were two more years. So three years from sale Okay. until I sold another novel.
0: It just,
1: it took a while. Yeah. A lot of people do that
0: up front. Mine was in the middle. Okay. Interesting. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I love how you say that, you know, we really don't have long. I mean, we think we do, but why not jump in and try, you know, and really Mm -hmm. give it your all. So I know that you advise writers to write Mm -hmm. the story you'd love to read. And so I wonder Mm -hmm. if you could talk a little bit about where most great book ideas come from. I wish I knew, Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) but I can only speak for myself. For me, I'll have the seed and it'll just be the vaguest of ideas. Mm -hmm. And then the character will appear in my head. Mm -hmm. And from there, I really think about now I think about it in a more purposeful way Mm -hmm. Initially, it would just kind of come to me and then I would write it down and then I would edit it. Mm -hmm. Now I really think about the intersection of the protagonist and the plot. All of fiction, all of story is really conflict and resolution. Something happens that sets off the entire story. Protagonist goes on a journey realizes something that changes them and or their world for the better and comes to a resolution. It's in a way a really tidy little package.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in order to give any book regardless of genre that page-turning feel, whatever happens has to be at odds with who the protagonist is. Thinking about, let's just say a people pleaser who then has to go help her family because her mother has dementia. That was one of my recent stories. Mm-hmm. So making sure that these things are at odds. So now mm-hmm. I think about it a little more systematically in part because I'm lazy and I don't like editing. (laughs) It's just like my least favorite part. Everyone has something. I've come to appreciate it, but I love drafting. That's like the land of possibility for me. So I'd rather spend a little bit more time there Mm -hmm. being deliberate about what's
0: happening and then less time on edits. Interesting. Do you think that Mm -hmm. fiction writers borrow from real moments in their lives or maybe imagined Mm -hmm. moments that they wish were part of their lives or... Something totally different.
1: I've heard it all. So I've worked with hundreds of fiction writers at this point, and some really, it's just a romantic play. They Mm -hmm. are just ripping from the headlines of their own lives. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny because people worry about that, especially writers who are doing that, but even those who aren't. Mm -hmm. And I always say, like, anyone you write about probably won't recognize themselves. Yeah. It's like a truism. They just don't, they're like, and then the person you haven't thought of in 20 years and you can't remember their name, they're
0: like, I was in your book. Yeah. You're like,
1: Okay, so and so.
0: (laughs) So awkward. (laughs) You know what? I say Um, that a lot to my students who are writing essays. And I just say that there's always going to be someone who thinks they're in your story and they have issues with it. And then there's the person who is in your story who never even reads it or pays attention that closely.
1: It's so funny. I don't think I write that much about my life. And Mm -hmm. even in the beginning, I tried to write away from it, even as I put in context that I knew. Mm -hmm. So often, professions that I have some association with or understanding of either myself or my family, Mm -hmm. Um, things like that, where I do have some understanding. Some people love to research and research, Mm -hmm. but as a health journalist, that's what I was already spending my time doing. I wanted to drop into a story as a relief. I didn't want to spend all my time researching, but I do think every story is part of you, even if you're not wishing you were the protagonist. Mm -hmm. My protagonists go through hell. I would never want to be them. <laughs> I always put them in things where, like, their life is falling apart because it's interesting. But I don't mm-hmm. want that for myself. I'd right, rather put it sure. in fiction.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, when did you become a coach? And talk a little bit about mm-hmm. what that means. I know that the way you coach. Mm. I think is really unique in the industry. So there are lots of quote unquote book coaches out there, but I think you're the only author coach I really know. So tell me about how you became a coach and then like your specialty.
1: Yeah, so it is, um, I have to tell a lot of people, they're like, I'm looking for a book coach. I'm like, I'm not a book coach. I will help you with the fundamentals of story Mm-hmm. as I understand them in my own system, but I'm not looking through your manuscript. Mm-hmm. We're not perfecting your ideas outside of the query letter, because that is one of my specialties. That's just mm-hmm. like a little thing that I like to do, mm-hmm. but I really do mindset. The research-backed back behavioral tools, I use all of those. It's not mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. I call it really like therapy's future focused goal-oriented cousin. Okay. We're not going deep into your past, not okay. like going into your psyche. It's really just being deliberate about how you're thinking, because we know study after study shows that that really works. People Mm -hmm. who choose their thoughts on purpose to the best of their ability have better results. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing. And with any given client, whether it's in a group container or Mm one-on-one, I am talking about what are your goals here? What do you want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. How can we create patterns in the short term that help you get there and really lean into the belief in the long term that you can do that? So I love it. I think it is the most rewarding work. And the funny thing is, this is why I don't think too far out with my clients either. I really think like three to five years, Mm -hmm. because if you had asked me five years ago, if I would be a coach, I'd be like, what? What's a coach? (laughs) So I had some understanding, but I think I really didn't understand the profession. And I had suffered a professional setback where I had this story that I was so excited about. Mm-hmm. and I wrote the whole thing, brought it to my publisher and they're like, this is amazing. And we're not going to publish it oh, because it's why? off brand for you. Oh, <laughs> was, oh, Yeah. It all worked out in the end. And this is like the lovely perspective, just like the books that didn't sell after I sold my first one. Right. But they were like, it's not your brand and you can sell it elsewhere, but if you want to stay with us, we really want you to stay on brand for yourself. Hmm. Which is funny because I tell people, like, you are the brand. So whatever yeah. you do, you're on brand. Yeah. But in yeah. their eyes, I created this kind of witty, life affirming woman's fiction with a touch of romance. And they're like, this is not that. Hmm. So it was just a huge setback. And I had read a book by a coach and joined her like group coaching program that was really around money and not mindset, mm-hmm. but it was all mindset PS, mm-hmm. like it was okay. a gateway drug. Okay. And I joined a, a group program, then hired a one-on-one coach and was just immediately hooked okay. because coaching was like using my intuition plus my journalism skills,
0: mm-hmm.
1: plus all the research I loved. I was like, Oh, this is the cocktail of all things that are made for me. Nice. And I just fell in love with it. And during the very beginning of the pandemic, I had an opportunity to get certified. So I was already working as a mentor and then I started coaching like unofficially. And I was like, no, I'm officially doing this. Mm-hmm. And then went through certification. Love that. Set up a business that's just been like, to my surprise, as rewarding as writing.
0: Wow. And
1: now I am getting master certified as a coach.
0: So I will be done in December. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's so exciting. Yeah. So yeah. um talk a little bit about how you work with your coaching clients and you know. Yeah. And then I have another follow-up question to that. So I'll ask that in a minute, but how do you work with your coaching clients?
1: So it's kind of evolving over time as all businesses do. Mm -hmm. Initially I would work with people even for like six weeks. That was really fun. But the research shows that 12 weeks is an ideal length of time to create a true habit where Mm -hmm. it's not just like something that, Oh, you've begun to do it. No, it's like part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of what I do as a coach is making sure that you have a daily writing practice, that the rest of your life is supporting you. Mm -hmm. So I extended my packages to 12 weeks where I work one-on-one with someone Mm -hmm. and then began offering 12-week group packages. So I have a career author mastermind that runs twice a year Mm -hmm. and that's a 12-week program. Mm -hmm. And most recently I started working with people for six months at a time. Mm. just kind of on a whim. I was like, what would it be like to work with people for half a year and really see their progress? And that's been fun too. So I'm always saying like, I don't know because I don't even know what 2023 will look like. I act a lot on inspiration in terms of what I'm offering at any given time.
0: Okay. So if writers are listening to this and they're thinking, huh, mm-hmm. oh, you know, maybe working with a coach could be a really great thing how should they Mm -hmm. approach it? Um, How do they know if they need an author coach or a book coach or like how to go about finding someone too? Yeah,
1: that's an amazing question. So Mm -hmm. I would think first, like, what is your goal? Mm -hmm. And it's funny because a lot of times we don't actually think that. I mean, even me, I'm like in this work every day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, what am I trying to do here? Hmm." Mm -hmm. So getting really specific about what you want out of the experience If your goal, let's say, is to clean up your manuscript or to write a book from start to finish, and you've never done it before, a book coach might be for you. Mm -hmm. Some book coaches only start from the beginning process; others will work with you on a revise. Mm -hmm. Um, Some will say go work with a developmental editor. So Mm -hmm. it really depends. Mm -hmm. But if you are just thinking about the book itself, then I would look for a book coach.
0: Okay.
1: If you have bigger goals in terms of career strategy. That's where I would work with a coach. It doesn't have to be someone who identifies as an author coach. There are lots of really great career coaches, life coaches, goal coaches, Mm -hmm. author coaches too, who can Mm -hmm. do that kind of work. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's especially important if you know you're getting in your own way. Mm -hmm. So for me, one of the things that brought me to coaching was this belief that I wrote the wrong kind of books to Mm -hmm. succeed. I just had this story in my head that people wanted something other than what I was writing. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I cleaned that one up in like four weeks.
0: Really? It was
1: so fast. Yeah. My coach was like, okay, why are you telling yourself that? Uh Is that something you actually want to believe? I was like, no, Mm -hmm. go find other people who are doing what you're doing, really feeding your brain evidence anyone who's listening. Mm -hmm. like Before you even mess with your own thoughts, sometimes it's helpful to just go see that other people are doing it. Sure. And to really see that if others are doing it, you can too. So it was a very quick process for me. And I'm not saying everything is quick. There are other things I've wrestled with for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. but I just knew that that's what I needed to work on. I knew how to write a book
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I have learned to write faster, more efficiently, to enjoy the process more, all of that through coaching. Mm -hmm. But I was like, that thing is getting in my way. And so that's what I went in for. Okay, yeah, Okay. Cool. And I work with a life coach. So uh-huh. I did not hire a career coach because I will tell you, I couldn't find anyone like me when I was looking. Mm, okay. And I only know of a couple other people
0: doing this work too. That, that so one. a career coach who may not just specialize in authors, but someone who's yeah. helping you with your career. Yeah. I like it when someone knows the business, but they don't have to, to help you. Okay. And a life coach, how is that different from a career coach then?
1: Well, I would say most of the career coaches I know are certified as life coaches and okay. I know that for a lot of people that conjures up this image of like a 22-year-old in Bali working out of a hut with a wonky internet connection, like. <laughs> but it's not that anymore. Life coaching is a really well-established research-backed practice. I would personally recommend working with someone who has training of some sort. Okay. That doesn't have to be a certificate but someone who has a proven track record, some sort of process, a method, that kind of thing, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so life coaching is really someone who at a base level understands how thoughts influence feelings, which influence actions, which then create your results. And there's more to it than that. Actions can also influence feelings and, and thoughts. Sure, But just really that connection of getting clear on what you're thinking what it's creating for you.
0: Awesome. So I know yeah. you're the queen of query letters. You had mentioned that earlier and <laughs> I know that that's one of your superpowers. So, um, you know, helping clients create a compelling pitch that can they then land an agent. You know, I'd yeah. love to hear about the process of how you found your agent. I know you've worked mm-hmm. with your agent for a long time. So maybe just take me through that yeah. process and then a little bit about, you know, what is that query letter and and. How do you how yeah. do you get on the sweet spot that's going to work?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I'm not going to give the whole secret sauce, but honestly, nope. it's all over the internet. So I'm being okay. disingenuous here. <laughs> but yeah. my agent and I have worked together for 12 years. I did have a connection to her, but also had an offer from someone who had never heard of me. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, it was just a query letter. So I had two offers on seven queries total mm. in a week. That's amazing. And I really believe, thank you. It is, and I just basically read the jacket copy. So everyone listening, you can hire someone, but also read the jacket copy of the books that are most like yours. That's what a query is. So it is just selling your book. It is telling the story in the short little capsule. I really love to add a little line at the top that reads like marketing copy. Mm -hmm. So like forgive and forget, but not necessarily in that order, right? Mm -hmm. That was how I sold my first book. I used that at the very top of my query. And agents are like, oh, I love this. And all you're showing them is, A, there's a place for your book in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So you know where it belongs. You know how to sell it. And B, that you are going to participate in the marketing of it. That's okay. really the subtext of a good query letter. I'm mm-hmm. like, I actually know how to talk about this story. I know how to tell people about it. Yep. And when I work with the publisher, I'm going to like give them help because a lot of the marketing teams are not going to be able to write your story as well as you can. For if sure. you know how to do it.
0: So how did you find your agent? And mm-hmm. I know that you have said, you know, be ready to send queries to a lot of agents before you land one. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you didn't have to. So what do you think was the the secret to making it so easy?
1: Well, the process was so different 12 years ago that I almost, it's such a different thing because now there's query tracker. And I was on Publisher's Marketplace. So that was where I started. Mm -hmm. I just looked in the back of the books that I loved. Um, I can't remember who Julie Buxbaum agent was at the time. I remember I picked her. Jenny Bent represented some people that I, like some authors I really loved. Mm -hmm. Um, My agent uh, represented Alison Winscotch, whose book Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's one of my comps. Mm -hmm. So I was just really looking at the marketplace Mm -hmm. through books and through Publisher's Marketplace, which Mm -hmm. you can still do now. There are just other tools available that weren't there at the time that I would argue make it easier. Okay, But a lot of it is just like time and effort. Mm -hmm. You can go to the agent website like then and now to see what they want and listen to what they want. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. But one of the main reasons why people get rejected is because they don't follow the directions.
0: Mm, It's like, yeah,
1: yeah. they're like, only use this form. They're like, I don't want to use the form. It's ugly and clunky. It doesn't matter. (laughs) If they say use the form... Use the understand form. that everything is a hoop. Yes, like yes. they're asking you to jump through it for a reason. Like, are you going to listen? And
0: right, right. it is what it is. Yeah, interesting, cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you mentioned um, that you had a book that you sold, and then it took a while to sell the next one. So, I'm curious yeah. if you have any books that you started that maybe didn't take off, like maybe you abandoned them, or
1: even mm-hmm. a finished
0: product that you didn't end up selling? Did that ever happen to you? I have four books that I haven't sold. Okay.
1: So the one that brought me to coaching, that was kind of like my disappointment, which I'm really glad, well, I'll tell you this for all of them. I'm really glad none of them sold. Really? Yeah. The three that I wrote in between my debut coming out and my second book, Mm -hmm. uh, night and day experience. First book sells at auction, six figures. I'm like, oh, I'm on my way. I sold to tons of foreign publishers right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, well, I'm going to write a book a year, and this is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the book did not sell well. It sold really mm-hmm. well in Turkey and like a couple other countries, <laughs> which was hilarious. I was like, okay, okay yeah. thank you, Turkey. Yeah, um, But in the US, my publisher gave it a very dark, somber cover. Uh, and I knew in my gut the minute that that happened. I was like, this isn't right. They're like, we love it. And I have a lot more agency now. And part of why I do what I do, like I put out a free newsletter. I talk a lot at conferences to let other writers know mm-hmm. you don't have to be established to have agency. Sure. Like it is your name on the cover and it is mm-hmm. worth fighting for. Yeah. If you know in your gut, it's a problem. And I didn't listen. I was 30 years old. I was like, yeah. yay, it's yeah. gonna be fine. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They did not. Okay. The book did not sell well. And the predominant complaint was basically, I was expecting something more serious. And anyone uh-huh. who knows my work Know is that I tackle big topics, but I do it in a very light, accessible way. That's okay. just who I am. Yeah. Like, I think everything is kind of funny and kind of sad. So, <laughs> <Okay. like>, what <laughs> you <laughs> get when you read one of my books? I'm yeah. Like, yeah. This human experience. Like, we're so lucky to be here. And also, what the heck is going on? Like, <laughs> so they just marketed it really strangely. And when it came time to sell another book, they had first rights, as most okay. publishers do, sure. to turn down a book. Okay. So my editor was like, well, what about the historical fiction you're going to write? So mm-hmm. I finished it, sent it in. They were like, yes, it doesn't work oh. because I'm horrible at historical fiction.
0: Okay, It
1: was like the worst writing experience of my life. It was like oh. being asked to write a math paper. Oh. And I just, I thought like, I was really thinking about the market and not what I wanted to write. Okay, So then I'd wrote a romance just to see how that would go. And mm-hmm. I, it didn't go well. It just mm-hmm. was like... Not the right book.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: I wrote a four person perspective contemporary novel mm-hmm. that I actually really liked. But at that point, Penguin, which was my then publisher, they're finally mm-hmm. like, we're never going to buy one of your books anytime oh soon. Oh my
0: gosh. Oh my gosh. Because the wow. numbers were so bad. Because that, yeah. I mean, that must have Enough been like a real, like a dagger in your heart. Like, oh.
1: Oh, it that, was. I yeah. was like, what am I going to do? So yeah. I threw myself back into journalism
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was on assignment in. I wasn't in Santa Monica, but I was passing through Mm -hmm. on my way back to the airport. And I was at this lovely hotel shutters on the beach. Mm -hmm. And I had a glass of rosé and I went out to the water and I was just like thinking and an entire plot popped into my head. Mm. And it was the plot from my second book, which is life and other near-death experiences, which I sold for like two pennies. Okay. And I knew when I sold it, I was like, this is going to work. And it did, it sold hundreds of thousands of copies has been optioned for film. Like it was just a wonderful experience. And the reason why I share that is because I wrote that book for me. Okay. I was just like, I don't know who's ever going to buy one of my books. I don't know if I'm going to have a fiction career Mm -hmm. in many major religions. The concept of detachment is central. Yeah. And it's not that I would ever recommend completely letting go of your dream. Mm -hmm. But there's something about being okay with it not happening. Mm -hmm. Every time I do that, things Mm -hmm. work out. It's really weird. Hmm. So in that case, I got like the equivalent of a couple magazine stories. P.S. back in the day, we actually got paid for those. I know, crazy. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I used to make good money as a magazine writer. And now I'm like, oh, that's true. I know. What magazines? There are none. My career took off from there. And it was really for writing for myself. For doing so you had that this same
0: agent during all this, right? Yes. Yep. She's still my agent today. Okay. And so she just went to other publishing houses and said, we're going to start over and see who yeah. who says yes.
1: Yeah. Yep. We were even willing to use a pen name and Amazon was fairly new in the publishing game at that time. Mm-hmm. So this is not Amazon um, Kindle Direct Publishing. So not the self-publishing arm. They have their own house, houses. Okay. Yeah. And Lake Union is their book club fiction house. Okay. And we sent it to them. And I, I just knew the minute this editor expressed interest and she mm-hmm. was like, I love this. I got on the phone with her. She said, what kind of career do you want? No one had ever asked me that before. Oh, got And it really wow. influences my coaching. Yeah. Yes. Just to have someone ask you like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And I was like, I want to write funny, sad books with life affirming messages with some romance. And she was like, great. We can make that happen. And I have done eight books with them. Wow. That's amazing. That
0: is amazing. I
1: don't know what will happen next, but they've been wonderful to work with.
0: That is so great. So talk to me about the long game of a writing career. You know, the idea that a successful career includes writing many books. So you're not, you know, Penning one book with all your hopes and dreams, you know, like this has to do everything for me. So tell me a little bit about that long game perspective.
1: There are two kinds of people in the writing world. There are people who, their entire lives, they just want to publish one book. That's Mm -hmm. the goal. They just want to have something to hold with their name on it. That is amazing. I would never say don't. I actually believe anyone who wants to write a book should do it. Sure. Not even for like the money, the acclaim. It changes your life Mm -hmm. to show yourself. It's like, having a child or running a marathon, like it really fundamentally changes your self-concept. Yeah. I don't work with those people though. I really work with people who want to make it a career and that's where the long game comes in. Okay, Although I'd argue even with one book, you have to take a longer perspective because publishing takes forever. Yeah, You know, you write the book and then you try to get an agent or even if you self-publish, self-publishing is faster and I like it for that, Mm -hmm. but it can be like, 18 months to two years from the Mm -hmm. time you sell the book till it comes out. Not always, but often enough. So like it's long, Yeah. but with career authors, anyone who wants to write several books, make money from it, Mm -hmm. make it part of their actual career and identity. Mm -hmm. That's where I this always blows people's brains, but like, you're not looking at any one book, Mm -hmm. any one book, amazing. We want them all to do well, but how you create a career is being in it for multiple books and being willing to create over time, grow your readership. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I really Um, think that's where it's at.
0: So I'm sure you've seen the publishing industry change so much from the start Mm -hmm. of your career to now. And so I wonder, you know, what you like about it today that's different than way back when? I love these questions, Len. So... (laughs) I was a journalist, was you know, I mean, that's
1: how we met. I know you were. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep.
1: She knows what's up. <laughs> so I hear a lot of complaining about publishing today.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and there are some disheartening statistics in terms of mid-list authors, meaning not the people at the very bottom and not the superstars, or even the people making six figures year after year, but just kind of people who are steady and they produce regularly, they're making less than they used to. Okay. There is a lot behind that. I would look to Jane Friedman's newsletter if you want to really read more about why she is, I think, the best source other than publishers marketplace, which sometimes is biased okay. um, on what is going on in publishing and why it looks like that. Okay, So lots of answers. Publishing structures are not always equal. The good news is there are a lot more Places like more mm-hmm. books than ever are being published. Mm-hmm. And I think publishing is much more welcoming of diverse voices. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about authors of color, I'm talking about all marginalized communities. I'm talking about really um, heightening women's voices in a way that, you know, we've really been kind of kept in the back for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. The also, how many white male authors named Jonathan can you fit on one bookshelf? Like,
0: <laughs>
1: a <Yeah>. lot. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan's, right. but it's the truth. Like, really. So, uh-huh. there is more space for everyone. People are actually reading more than ever. So, this idea mm-hmm. that reading is dead is a lie. And mm-hmm. print books are selling too. So, there was this story. Um, I went to the Radcliffe publishing course way back in the day in 2000, mm-hmm. and Amazon dot com was just becoming a thing. And I remember, I believe it was Jesse Kornbluth came to speak to our class about it. And people were like, oh, this is going to kill print. Well it hasn't. Both are selling like crazy mm-hmm. ebooks and print. So I just love all of that. I would also say self-publishing was scorned on for a long time and now yeah. it's just not. That yeah. stigma has dropped because self-publishing authors are making tons of money.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: are creating the careers of their dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst thing about publishing is gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. And I would say not just like, oh, having to get an agent and editor. Mm -hmm. Also all those people out there telling you you can't do it. Like Mm -hmm. I really, I mean, Lynn, you and I have to have this conversation. I feel like those are the people who Mm -hmm. want to narrow the playing field so there's less competition. I'm like, yeah, yeah. there's room for all of us. And self-publishing has proved that. Those books have not kept traditional from selling, quite Mm -hmm. the opposite, but they're also selling more and more. So- I just think it's like a neat place to be right now,
0: yeah. You know, it's funny because you know, i I work in marketing and I coach a lot of people in marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I do coach authors on how to market. And I, you know, yeah. everyone gets so overwhelmed like, oh, now TikTok is so big. You know, bookTok yep. has grown publishing or book sales like what twenty eight percent or something I just read recently. And yeah. I don't know, I could be wrong with that, but I'll um, I'll put it all in the show notes. It's definitely but,
1: influencing
0: it, yeah. Yeah, but like, I'll be honest, I don't really want to be on TikTok. Like, it's just, I don't have the time. It's it's not my medium. And so I always tell people, you know, just choose your channels. And I, I said that for yeah. years when I was working with schools and universities on marketing. Like, you can't yeah. be everywhere. So where yeah. are your customers? You know, with schools and universities, it's, well, where are the families? Where are the students? Like, let's go there. Yeah. And same yep. thing with books. Like I, I I mean, social media is great and there's definitely a lot of brand building, but I don't know if sales really come from that or if it could be from you yeah. know other channels. And like, where do you want to put your energy? Because you just can't do everything.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, put your energy in your books. Because yeah. the reality is other people will sell your books on social media in a way that you never will. Really? It really is more effective whether you're talking TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Other people talking about your book, which comes from writing a good book, Mm-hmm. will always every time sell more. So Colleen sure. Hoover is this TikTok phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And she has said multiple times in multiple posts, I just love her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not selling my books on TikTok. I'm here because I like it. Mm-hmm. And she said most recently that she actually sees a slight decrease when she posts really, the sales. And she's yeah. like, I'm only telling you that so that you don't think you need to go be on TikTok to sell your books. <laughs> yes god bless you all of my clients thank, are you. Like, thank you for sending this yes
0: <laughs> oh my gosh
1: <laughs> i don't want to be there either maybe i'll go there as a coach i don't know but i yeah. as an author i just want to talk about books i don't want to sell my work that's like yeah no, thank
0: yeah. you i think that one of the things that's changed also in publishing from what i hear um, is that you know the publishing houses just aren't doing as much marketing as they used to so even mm-hmm. if you go the agented route you may still have to have a hand in marketing right yeah I think everyone should just accept that. Yeah, um, yeah. it's not a problem. You don't
1: have to do all the things. spoiler alert, newsletter. Yeah. If there's one thing that you focus your time on because that's what you own. Mm-hmm. you don't own your Instagram feed. they can take it away any minute and I hear mm-hmm. all the time about people whose various social media channels get frozen or or mm-hmm. they get banned or whatever, mm-hmm. you own your email list. yeah, and those are your people who really want to hear from you. So that's what I would do. And it took I will me share, way too
0: long to figure that out. Yes. Well, I love yours. And I will share that in the show notes so that people oh, can you. sign up and follow you. Um, but it's thank great. You. It's every week. It's succinct. It always has a great idea. And I love reading it. So um, yeah, it's, it's easy to build that following and, and hold on to it, you know? Yeah. So as our conversation comes to a close, I wonder what advice thank you might you. offer to aspiring writers. Oh, I have good advice. And that is put your ear
1: plugs or whatever in your horse blinders on and go for it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's so much chatter about how hard it is and how little money you'll make. And Lynn, you know, that I'm not being whatever. When I say this, I'm not the best writer. I'm a good writer. I I really love to like get better all the time, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that you have to be the next Shakespeare to make money and really have this career that you love. Mm -hmm. And there's too many people saying that you do that it has to be tick tock, you have to be like perfect on camera and all things. No, 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 no. Just mm-hmm. do it and commit to getting better and better and better. And it's, it's totally within reach.
0: That's awesome. Well, Camille, it is so fun to watch your success. And I'm just such a follower. I'm like, you know, I'm going to learn from well, everything you. you did and hopefully like follow in your footsteps one day. So Oh, yeah, um, you're doing it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the make Meeting podcast. I really appreciate it my pleasure thank you lynn thanks for listening to the make meaning podcast with lynn galadner you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts if you like what you've heard subscribe and share this episode with the meaningful people in your world and please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform you can learn more at makemeaning.org or lynn